Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Give Me the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hey, everybody. It feels so good to be back and be pissed off once again. Dude, I feel like we haven't recorded or, like, put out a new episode in, like, a month. It feels that way. The consistency is so off, but with the new season coming, it's going to be easy peasy, I think. Easy peasy. More, uh chills more creeps more thrills (laughs) we just keep going like they're gonna be like is this an ad yeah they're like what is happening Uh, that drives me nuts hello fresh is back oh i know (laughs) hit like and subscribe okay (laughs) i'm not on youtube all the time what are you talking about Um, (laughs) so um Yeah, so I tried to take a smaller case in terms of, like, what information is public, and the episode was going to be, like, pretty short, but it soon turned out to be something else in my head, just a tad, of course, after smoking, Um, so that often happens, and I was thinking about this case in particular, and I thought, like, how could this happen? How does it come to killing someone you married, someone you fell in love with? So that's where we're at today. And it got me thinking about like that thought, like how does it come to this, had me think about that scandal in quotes where whom shall not be mentioned or named is describing his words and defending his opinions with the term locker room talk. Why does this sound familiar? Yeah, we don't have to go too deep into it, but it was um, you know who. Wait, Trump. Ooh, okay, Trump. that's what I was thinking. And yeah. That's what I was thinking. I he was would like, well, mm-hmm. mic'd up when the, he had that scandalous discussion about how women should be just grabbed and, you know, whatever. Because, yes. anyways, <clears throat> so then everyone picked a side and was like, locker room talk. Even the ladies have locker room talk. Like, whatever. You're reading too much into it, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have to go into it, but I'm, and I, you know, I'm not a prude. And I mean, Daniela and I, between the two of us, we're pretty crude. Mm-hmm. Not to get mm-hmm. all Dr. Seuss on you guys, but <clears throat> which we should really discuss him one day because he has some eeriness to him. And then maybe I'll throw him in with my extra for, as my extra for my Edgar Allan Poe episode. Oh! Uh... Him and Dr. Seuss. A little leak of future episode. I know. Foreshadowing. Um, well, anyway, so I, I was thinking about all that language and like how we all were like so determined to be like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but that's not always the case. And we are going to find that out today. Uh, so I understand like when you feel comfortable and you might share some intense or emotion driven opinions um, or conversations with people. But sometimes this is where it all starts. And you know what they say? Every joke has some truth to it. Uh-huh. So anyways, so this guy that I'm going to talk about chose to share his darker inner thoughts on national television, and not one person saw this coming. Well, maybe the people who knew his wife did. Oh, shit. That's unfortunate. And this week it's true crime, but don't worry. I'm dusting off the spooky topics at the moment, so bear with me. And here we go. Rebecca Bernadette Postel, Bleefnik or as many who loved her called her Becky, was born in Quincy, Illinois. Her birthday is November 19th, 1981. A Scorpio. Exactly. She was just, I was reading about her, and I am just in awe of how ambitious and how many 
degrees and certifications she was still striving towards. And um, she was just such a, I don't know, like a, a shooting star, it almost seems like. And she graduated um, as valedictorian of Quincy Notre Dame High School, graduated cum laude from Quincy University with a bachelor's in biological science with a minor in chemistry. And that ranking is like third or second to like the first, like the best person, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm not too familiar with how like the ranking of grades and stuff works, but she was up there and she was um, a successful pharmaceutical sales representative and then became a nurse later in life, which is wild because people don't usually jump into something so intense so so late. Yeah. Um, so she started going into nursing and she ranked extremely highly in all of her accomplishments on her way there. And once she had her sons, she just added more to her list and um, gave her all with every single thing. She was hands-on in building Transformers costumes and helping with the sports that her sons were involved in and um, their school and whatever the conferences that they needed to go to, she went to. She was very family oriented and loved life, just like very active, volunteering and being a good Catholic woman. And <clears throat> it just sucks that losers can just grab these women's attentions when they just have so many good things going on. But anyways, yeah. on an episode of Family Feud in 2020, Timothy and his family got the question, what was the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? And let's listen to how he answered. Oh, no. What's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Honey, I love you, but said I do. Oh. Now the... I'm gonna say, I love my wife. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> so... So he said, um, saying I do was what the biggest mistake. The fuck. And I mean, it is the question. So people are like, yeah, of course, this is a crazy story and how this all ended up, which we will see. But <clears throat> just the way he like, you'd have to see the clip. Um, maybe I'll post it on Instagram. And uh, that way, I don't know. It's just weird because even normally Steve Harvey has like some kind of reaction, mm. but he does not even react to this guy. It might just be that some people are easier at feeling out people's true intentions. And like, I'm very gullible. So like, if there's a, like a funny guy, I'm just gonna be like, haha, this guy's funny. Like whatever. I'm <laughs> just like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. But some people are like, mm, I don't know. That's, so that's been, uh, that's been but discussed. Those jokes aren't even fucking funny. Like, they maybe in the 50s or whatever they were right. like a fucking flintstone joke that was i know and so these stupid. shows really need to get rid of that get rid of that portion dude of for real like nobody that's it's not funny anymore like don't get I married gonna, i was really gonna have this conversation with you because um with like we've touched on this with other things like horror but with comedy too there's a lot of like trauma and like rapey jokes like people don't just have the luxury these days to just laugh like freely yeah and that's because unfortunately we know a lot of people who have got i mean we discuss this all the time it's true crime so people are have been harassed they've been assaulted and so we can't just make those jokes like willy-nilly like it yeah. seemed like we used to but no we used it never was should have been done because it was just like in the yeah. shadows going on you know yeah same thing with like child molester jokes. Like, come on, Bob Saget and all the the you know Full House guys uh, joking crudely about the twins. Like, okay, stop. Did they this really? Is, 
Dude, it was a whole thing that oh, a lot no. of a lot of like twenty somethings are getting on YouTube and digging up super old stuff. Like, why do my parents like the show? And then they dig up all this stuff, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, that's weird and gross. Yeah, at the but time, we didn't have the internet back then, so we didn't know. Like, well, even then, like <laughs> didn't they said those far. jokes because pe- because people men, just accepted it. Yeah, men were their demographic, and men thought that shit was funny. Yeah, and they're still good dads. Like, come on, there. He's a good dad. He's just it's funny. You're we get our balls busted for everything. What's going on? Yes, I'm over it. And it's not like I'm not a wet blanket over here. I will if something is fucking funny, it will stand on its own without somebody having to be like, "Why is that funny? Can you explain? Like, this is weird." Anywho, so I feel like that's the vibe with some of this like TV, television, like cable type shit which mm-hmm. the younger people are going to get in there and do some writing hopefully after this strike is over <clears throat> oh, get the oldies out of there the ones that are making this tough because yeah, yeah it's hard it's weird to be the one to call it out because it just makes you look like you're making a big deal out of it but yes. it's just, it so happens you're the first one to be like why is that funny yeah you were the only one that was brave enough to say something because nobody wants to be the easier yeah exactly that's exactly it and so women are starting to do that now and it's just making it even worse like yeah and all these people on our parade like okay what a parade you were having i will admit that there are some things that people i mean yes that don't that like okay that's enough but at the same time i am glad that there are those people that will say something when it needs to be said now like right right mm-hmm. it's just that's the only way to really know it's like but there's always there's in everything there's always someone that ruins it for the people that should be saying something you know what i mean like i mean yeah there's always someone um, i'm sure ashton kutcher and mila kunis are getting mad right now because dude <laughs> that is a whole nother conversation i'm but- saying yeah. That we will discuss later because you I cannot do want hide. to say something. I know you should. We need to uh, maybe save it to the end because, yeah, that we did discuss um, Masterson in another episode so we can update on all that. Yes. How we feel about everything. But, yeah, people will get away with things until it's not funny anymore or mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's taken too far. And then they're like, whoa, 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 where did this come from? And the guy's yeah. like, you were just laughing. I mean, yeah. what's changed? I'm the same guy. Mm-hmm. Anywho. So, and that's not always the case. I mean, some people do have really dark humors and they themselves have been through really dark traumas and that is their pain to deal with however they choose. But, you know, sometimes it just gets a little scary. Yeah, like keep that keep that shit to yourself when it comes to extremely fucked up shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to even... And I'm sure Jeremy they, they does know that kind problem. of shit. Yeah. Oh no! I not yeah. Sometimes Hunter says something. I'm like, you need help. Like, why do you think that's <laughs> yeah, that's funny? Like Jeremy said yesterday was. Oh no no no! Actually, it wasn't yesterday. It was nine uh, eleven was on Monday, mm-hmm. and um, he says it every year that nine eleven is his favorite holiday. And I'm like, first of all, it's not a holiday. And don't say that so loud. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and second of all, like, that's not even funny. Like, I know that you'd yeah. say it to get a rise out of people, but. Shock. Yeah, the shock humor. Yeah. And it's annoying. Like, it's not even funny. Like, people's reactions to it 
There wasn't. It's not even worth it. You know what I mean? Like, True. I mean, not. Yeah, not worth the aftermath of having yes, to explain it's and be like, he doesn't. It's like I have to defend. Yes. That yes. brings me to another thing that pissed me off recently too. Like he'll joke around because he plays video games, whatever. So we'll be driving, and there will be somebody crossing extra points. Like, okay, stop. That's not funny. But then I go and see this police. Um, did you see the the body cam footage of the cop that hit that student? No. I didn't even know oh, that, was, that happened. That happened the other day. I need this is I need to take a damn break online, but this was like in Seattle and the police department's under scrutiny because their body cam footage shows the cop who hit a pedestrian who's a graduate student crossing the street. He hit her and she died and yes. he's joking and laughing about it and saying, "We'll just write a check." And it's awful. What? Like, so the gravity of like when Hunter just says stuff and then that being shown like that does have like what? Mm-hmm. I had to talk to him about it. I was like, I can't even joke anymore because it just feels too like this life is like too dystopian at this point. Like I don't even understand. There's just so much going on and we just either are completely desensitized to it or we just have to keep moving along because there's too much yeah. other shit going on. Yes. Like yes. we don't even have time to like take a break and like break it down and be like, what is humanity anymore? I like, literally think that's a lot especially because jeremy makes those kind of jokes i'm desensitized like it Mm. doesn't bother me the way it bothers other people and Mm. i don't know it's i i also know how jeremy is so i don't take it right as personal or like i don't get as like we don't need it. to be concerned yes. <laughs> nobody needs to be concerned but at the same time it's like the weight of the language these days i'm like yes this stuff happens for real and i i can't get over it i don't know so i feel like if someone else said shit like that that i didn't know i'd be like what the fuck why Hello. would you say that <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean yeah it is honestly but yeah nobody knows and that's the thing with these people on tv um i know i'm just like throwing all this stuff at the wall right now but um people have been discussing ruby frank as well she's a youtuber who had a youtube channel called eight passengers and it was her and her family she just is get, she got arrested for child abuse like oh fuck in other words like we don't know what the fuck is going on um apparently a lot of people did know what was going on so that's upsetting um she was like doing punishment to her children to where she wouldn't feed oh, them that's right i do like, tie them to the beds so yeah and she just looks like a regular schmegular person and there's just people portraying themselves as like oh i just love my family yeah absolutely mm. so then when this these kinds of jokes come out too it's just like man sometimes there's some truth to them i don't know yeah um, but that's fucked up and embarrassing like yeah. don't fuck you literally just had to say some fucked up shit like that on fucking tv well the thing is is like what else was he gonna say you know what i mean like it was the question but at the same time it's just the way everything panned out i wouldn't out have said it like that so though weird. yeah like playing it off like no but really though guys <laughs> i do love my wife do you i uh. ooh, it being her i would have said some fucked up shit right immediately yes so- so that airs in 2020. I don't know which episode or what date or whatever, but you can find the clips online and I will share it on the Instagram. But yeah, so on one episode in 2020, he goes on, he answers that. And by 2021, the marriage was over as Timothy files for divorce. And you <sighs> that that would be the end of that, right? I mean, you'd want, uh, you'd want that the irony is that 
that that's it. Like, okay, so the, he got married and then regretted it. Okay, LOL, they get a divorce. But that's not the end of this quote-unquote joke. Mm. The divorce was messy from the very beginning with the two of them having restraining orders filed against each other. Um, I read somewhere that hers was denied, and I need what? to um, verify if, if that's true or not because she was not trying to be around him. People knew that she was not trying to be around him. Um, so we'll go into details in a second, but the gist is that they were just, they, the mutual decision was to split up and they were not, it was not on happy terms. So, um, they had been married, um, for 14 years and they had three sons ages five, 10 and 12 this year. That's their age this year. A proceeding was scheduled for February or March to get the divorce rolling. Um, but she would not make it to that court date. At some point, Timothy bought a bike, and while he left his kids sleeping at his house, he rode the bike to Rebecca's house, broke in through a window with a crowbar, and he shot her several times before leaving her to die in her bathroom. What? When she didn't pick up the boys from school, her father came by her house where she was found lifeless. And her dad had to find her. God. And that is not the worst of it. Uh, let me, uh, let's look into the bullet points of this timeline now that more time has passed. Um, and I'm on WGEM.com. A deeper look at evidence revealed in the Bleefnik murder trial. So the timeline of events in 2009, September 18th, Timothy Bleefnik and Rebecca Postle get married. January 21. 21st of 2021, Timothy files for divorce. Rebecca is represented by attorney Dennis Woodworth. May 9th of 2021, a text from Rebecca to longtime friend Nicole Bateman. He told me if I outed his dad that he would probably have to move, then kill himself. I absolutely think he will try to take the kids sometime. Out his dad. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Well, anyways, so she's talking to her friend about something yeah. that Timothy would react to. And then on June 4th, a Facebook message reads between Rebecca and former coworker Becky Spots, um, claiming that Rebecca doesn't want Timothy's father to have unsupervised contact with her children ever again. That's also weird. Rebecca feared he would secretly run off with the children. Messages say Rebecca believes Timothy was has true mental health problems and is scared to get an order of protection. In October of that year, Timothy Bleefnik's phone is factory reset. November, Rebecca is now represented by Gerald Timmerwilke. Uh, according to Timmerwilke, Rebecca still does not have a 9mm handgun that she requested Timothy return to her. Sometime this year, Guardian ad um, Litim, Rick Zimmerman, is appointed to the Bleefnik's divorce case. And then December 16th, Rebecca files for an ordinance of protection against Timothy's father. So I should have looked into what's going on with Timothy's father because it's looking a little like Susan Powell, oh. Josh Powell, like what what's with his dad? His dad's weird or yeah. like towards the kids or towards her? Like what's going on here? Yes. Even just bad mouthing to the kids. That's that's harmful, you know, like your mother's blah, blah. Yeah, don't fucking do that. Like, I So she's trying to get her kids and get out, and he doesn't allow – anyways. 2022, March 14th, Facebook message from Rebecca to Christine Mandel. If he doesn't get his way, he may literally lose his mind. August, a court order claims details how the exchange of children must be made, that Timothy and Rebecca must stay within three feet of their cars when exchanging children. So it's getting really 
brutal and really bad. October 10th, a John Smith Facebook account inquires to Michael Blasing via Timothy's cell phone about a blue 26-inch Schwinn mountain bike for sale. So he's trying to use a John Smith name. Like, he made a new account from his own freaking phone. Like, okay. Get out of here. (laughs) October 12th, Timothy uh, inquires via Facebook to Amy Webster about a black mongoose bike for for sale and purchases the bike. So he he ended up going with the mongoose. I don't know why I was thinking a motorcycle. (laughs) What do you literally... I wish. No, he's literally going to be pedaling his way like a little toddler to her house. That's... It really just pisses... I just can't. I can't. Okay. 2023, January 5th, Rebecca sees Melissa Young at TJ Maxx. Young says she appeared mentally exhausted. They talked about Rebecca's divorce, and Rebecca said she felt like Tim could snap at any moment. She said Tim told her, you'll be dead before you get any of my money. Oh, my God. And to be her friend in that moment and have her come to you and say, I can't even imagine, because what do you do? What can you do? Uh, This is hearsay. This is like, ugh. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what. It just fucking sucks. And I mean, this happened so freshly. So I do feel I'm, I'm so sorry to the family. Before I even started, I should have said I'm so sorry to the family and uh, how everything happened because it's just sickening and it happened this year. It's so fresh. Okay. Anyway, so sometime this month, uh, Timothy asks his neighbor, Bradley Eamon, if he has any video cameras pointed towards his backyard. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. February 10th, Timothy calls Quincy police. He asked if they could return a nine millimeter handgun to Rebecca because he didn't want to give it to her face to face. Police denied the request. February 13th, Rebecca's significant other, Ted Johnson arrives at her home at about 1145 PM and stays the night. February 14th. So 15 minutes later, um, 12 AM Timothy's whoop armband loses connection and his phone is locked from 12 a.m to 1 a.m video surveillance detects a bicycle rider going past the quincy bus barn past a residence at 224 south 20th street and back rebecca's next door neighbor taylor hyman receives an alert notification that a moving object was detected in his driveway surveillance camera. The video shows a person walking up and down the driveway. 1.10 a.m. to 1.30 a.m. Laptop search history on Timothy's... uh, It shows searches for license plate lookup, title registration lookup, VIN checkup, or check lookup, vehicle records, and the search for Ted Johnson's exact VIN and license plate number. His whoop reconnects, and then at 1.31 a.m., a phone call is made to the Missouri Department of Revenue, which handles vehicle registrations. February 15th, divorce set for trial on March 3rd. February 16th to February 20th, no bicyclist captured on video. February 19th to the 20th, Rebecca stays at a friend's house prior to the um, abdominal surgery scheduled that week. February 21st, 1245 a.m., Timothy's whoop armband disconnects. 211 a.m., Timothy's armband reconnects to his phone. QPS bus barn video surveillance shows a, bu- a bicycle rider southbound on 20th Street, then going east on Prairie Street, and an additional footage captures a bicycle rider heading north on 20th Street between these hours. 12.30 p.m., Rebecca returns home. Rebecca messages Tim, asking if he can keep the kids overnight for the next two days. That evening was the last time Ted Johnson saw Rebecca alive. February 22nd, 12.42 a.m., Timothy's armband disconnects. 
2.19, his armband reconnects. 2.22 a.m., Timothy's phone unlocks. And 1.20 p.m., Timothy's next-door neighbor goes to his house, then leaves about 30 minutes later. Video surveillance again shows a bike rider going southbound past the Quincy bus barn, turning east on Prairie, then back the other way sometime later. February 23rd, 12.28 a.m., Timothy's phone locks. 12.36, his armband disconnects from his phone. 12.55 a.m., video of a bicycle rider riding southbound past the bus barn. 12.57 a.m., video shows the bicyclist turning east on Prairie. 1.11 a.m., Rebecca attempts to call 911. Her phone was found behind a bedroom door. 1.12 a.m., an ADT front door alerts that the front door was opened. 1.16 a.m., video shows a bicycle rider heading northbound past the Quincy bus barn. 1.27, another ADT alert said the front door was still open. 2.01 a.m., Timothy's armband reconnects. 2.07 a.m., Timothy's phone unlocks. 6.45 a.m., Kentucky Road resident Brian Lash leaves for work and notices Rebecca's front door is open. 7 to 9 a.m., Kentucky Road resident Amy sees Timothy bring a little tyke's basketball hoop to his dad's house. 11.51 a.m., Timothy calls St. Peter's School, telling them to not let his three kids walk home to Rebecca's house. 1.50 p.m., surveillance shows Timothy arriving at St. Peter's school exactly 57 minutes before school lets out 303 p.m timothy texts rebecca's father bill postal asking if he can call her to find out when she's getting the kids because he claims the school called him saying no one has picked up the kids did he really think that isn't that so fucked up to have him he calls her dad who's gonna see her like that like how evil can you be knowing he did like knowing he's the one who did it like go check on her like she didn't go pick up our kids and having the school hold the kids to make yes, it all like did, but did he up. not think that that was gonna uh, exactly out? like i'm telling you he practiced have his bike ride how many times but he googled like how to do shit so i cannot and why are you so he was manually disconnecting the his mm-hmm. whoop thing. Mm-hmm. so they pretty much know his his what an idiot like let me just oh my god i can't he really made it easy thank goodness i mean yeah he did i bet you he thought he was being i'm always i we love to laugh at these guys but it's just so good that they're stupid because they just deserve to be caught they just deserve it so uh so he calls her he texts her dad go check on her um because the school called and said no one has picked up the kids. 3.30 p.m., so 30 minutes later, Bill Postel finds Rebecca dead in her home. He goes to the neighbor um, to use their phone to call 911. At 3.33 p.m., QPD officer Matt gets dispatched to 2528 Kentucky Road. About 4 p.m., um, we I don't know who that is, picks up Rebecca's mother. She calls Tim, and he replies, oh, um... Yeah, Rolla Weeki is the home that uh, he called 911 from. So Weeki goes to pick up Rebecca's mother, and she, her mother calls Tim and tells him what happens, and he replies, what? I don't, oh my God. That's just icing on the cake, isn't it? About 7 p.m., Ted Johnson is questioned by QPD and given a DNA uh, swab test. I mean, because that's her, her current guy, but 
February 27th, police find an abandoned blue Schwinn bike by the Quincy Public Schools bus barn. March 1st, about 8 a.m., police search Timothy's home in the 1600 block of Hampshire Street. March 13th, about 8 a.m., Timothy is arrested on Kentucky Road, charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one count of home invasion. March 14th, he makes his first court appearance and judge denies bail. Police are seen searching a lagoon on the property owned by Timothy um, on March 15th. March 24th, he pleads not guilty. April 13th, judge orders up to $10,000 from the county to aid in his defense. May 22nd, takes nine hours to finish jury selection. May 23rd, witness testimonies begin. And May 31st, Timothy is found guilty on all counts. And on August 11th at 1.30 p.m., scheduled date for the sentence hearing, prosecutors say they'll seek a life sentence. And that already passed. So um, let me get back to um, – and then they list out the bike route. They have all kinds of, like, evidence on what he's been doing. So we that's over at WGE. <laughs> yeah, GE. We pretty much documented his whole – I was just about to say that. Like journey. He might as well have written a book. Golly. Um, because yeah, he was Googling like how to open window with crowbar. Literally, like I read that he Googled how to open a window with a crowbar and that's exactly what he did. So there's no denying it could have been anyone who went in and shot her, but it was for sure him because that's what he Googled. Mm, So, um, (laughs) that's so funny to me. Um, so in May, a jury convicted 40-year-old Timothy of murder, home invasion, and use of a firearm to commit first-degree murder in February. He was sentenced to life. Judge Robert Adrian said, Mr. Bleefnick, you researched this murder. You planned this murder. You practiced this murder. The circuit court judge said, you broke into her house and you shot her one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times. I don't know how long it took you to do that. Some of those shots were fired while she was laying on the ground. And you did all that while your children um, were upstairs at your home laying snug in their beds. He really gave it to him. And uh, he didn't have anyone speak for him during his defense. He didn't, he himself did not speak or say a damn word, but her family came strong. They came with their letters in hand and they told him what's what. And it is just heartbreaking. Um, The death penalty was abolished in 2011 via legislation. So this life sentence was the strongest punishment available. And, um, Prosecutors argued the killing was premeditated with testimony showing Tim conducted substantial research on the internet on how not to get caught. Ironically, those efforts to avoid law enforcement detection ended up serving as some of the most powerful circumstantial evidence against the first degree murder defendant. Timothy is a twisted individual and I think justice for being served here. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what and a I used, fucking uh, piece of shit, dude. I swear. Lawandcrime.com has more delving into all of his internet stuff, and it's just, it goes into detail. But I mean, they obviously were just really trying to nail him because he had a defense built up or whatever, and they were trying to say, like, it could have been anybody, and what about what her? The but fuck? no. And then the freaking family feud episode, like, come on, that that's, it's over. I am just amazed that, like, I don't know. I just, why couldn't he just leave it 
how it was. Like, did he really have to kill her? Yeah, they were split already. Like, sometimes this stuff happens while they're even still married. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't want to divorce her. So you killed her, which obviously doesn't make any sense either. But, like, if I can't have her, no one can type shit. But then this was, like, already going. Like, I don't know. He really – some people just don't want to give their money to their wives. Like, I don't understand what – they just don't want to – they don't want to pay child support. They want custody so that they don't have to pay child support, but they don't give a fuck how they're raising the damn kids. That makes sense. I always (laughs) wondered, like, you don't even want to take care of them. Why? They don't. They don't most of the time. I mean, that's just how it is. I hate to say, like, I generalize it so much, but that's just what you see time and time again is, like, Mm -hmm. he does not want to pay money, whether it's out of spite or whether he thinks she doesn't deserve it or he thinks she's going to go get her nails done with it. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. It's part of you get a divorce that you have kids. You fucking do what they tell you to do. You don't kill your wife. Like, yeah. Well, have fun in prison for the rest of your life. What? Gonna be watching Family Feud reruns up in that. Yeah, and uh, oh my god, I I just (laughs) I still can't even believe that he fucking said that shit. Literally, look, he said (laughs) Jones showed jurors Google searches like how to force open my door with a crowbar. Um, how can I check if a gun is registered to me? Does my whoop record the exact times I wear it? Can you just wash off gunpowder residue? Oh like, my god. Wow. That is just the best thing I've ever seen. So, But yeah, and, uh, I'm glad that he's a fucking moron. because His defense was just pretty much like, oh, the, the surveillance videos, they just show somebody going somewhere. How you don't can know you, if it's him. Yeah, how can you fucking say that? Like, <laughs> Go ask the Facebook guy, oh, did, did or the person, did, did he buy this bike from you? Okay, good, we got him. Yep, done. So done ski. On Facebook, that's just so Peace funny, doing clip. business. Dumb, dumb. He did not watch Gone Girl, that's for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Pepper. She didn't like that shit either. I uh, know. Not Pepper? funny, she said. No, <clears throat> she said it's not funny. But, um, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so shit. that was, that is just, I cannot, I cannot with that. And something to take in is the fact that since we were discussing Maybe the television question was to blame from the beginning. Like, how does one answer that? Um, Let's take this in for a second. That 20 out of those 100 people in the audience said the same thing he said. Mm -mm. That I do was their biggest mistake. But I don't know if they all hate their wives or not. And I'm on the side of TikTok where um, people are just constantly talking about marriage. Like, their husbands just suck. And their husbands don't even like them. And I'm like... This is why people don't want to get married. This right here is why people don't want to get married because they think, oh, they're just going to grow tired of each other and this and that. And so it just, it puts a bad taste, you know, and people, and and look clearly, people are either getting married for the wrong reasons or something's going on because it's all over the place that we see like, oh, the weaponized incompetence, like he's going to do it wrong so that you don't ask him to do it again or, you know, getting ready for the birthday party and he's outside raking leaves and I'm blowing up all the balloons and making the dinner and making this. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's stuff like that. But then you see this on TV and it's just so harmless until three years from now. Within a span of three years, this is what it came down to, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. This particular case, I'm not trying to generalize, but in this particular case, this is how it ended for someone. And people knew, like, he's dangerous, he's weird, he's crazy, like, whatever. 
And we just can't, like, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. I mm. can't imagine, how, like I said, how her family and friends feel. They couldn't do anything about this. There was nothing they could have done um, within their powers to yeah. prevent this from happening. And unless, you know, she was under surveillance 24 seven by all of them to protect her. But it's yeah, just, that's, that's hard too. Like, I don't know. 20 out of 100 people said that saying I do was, was the mistake. And that was the number two on the, you know, the little board out of 10. Uh-huh. That was the number two one. And the number one mistake, which I guess is a, just a common mistake that people do is getting sloshed. So like getting too drunk at your own wedding. Yeah. That is like. That makes sense. Yeah. It's that makes hateful. sense. Yeah. But that is not. That's. When you're approaching divorce, you will, you will openly joke like, yeah, I can't stand her sometimes. I'm saying. God, that's uh, so to funny. that extent, to that extent. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so I just thought I would um, brighten y'all's days with this horrific story um, so that we can just, you know, pay, pay a little more attention. I'm not saying everyone who jokes like, oh, I'm going to whatever, do something crazy. I'm not saying like, okay, don't take it literally, but it does kind of make you wonder. Yeah. Sometimes. That's for sure. Um, and with that, let me, let's do the, um, let's do some updates, some Masterson oh, situation, because yes. people are coming out the woodwork saying, no, we've been knowing that Ashton is problematic. So, and his shit is not doing very much, um, which I was always like, hey, that's good. People in Hollywood helping children and, you know, sex trafficking, mm-hmm. but it turns out his thorn stuff doesn't even do very much okay so let's pull up nbc i know i and um kendall ray from mile higher apparently hasn't worked with their organization for a couple of years now because people came to her too because she would always talk about in her podcast we're donating this much to thorn thank you guys for donating this much last time blah 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 so so they came they asked her and she's like yeah we cut ties they found a better Thing to do. So in other words, people have been knowing that they don't really help out, but it's just nice to have these like icons. I mean, Oprah used to be that for a lot of people. Yeah, that's we true. are coming to find out that she likes money just too much. Of course. So Danny mm-hmm. Masterson's victims portray him as a predator in powerful impact statements. And this was as of six days ago on NBC News. Um, that 70s show star Danny Masterson was behind bars Friday, a day after the three women who accused the actor of rape gave wrenching victim impact statements and after an L.A. judge sentenced him to 30 years to life in prison. So crazy. I loved him. And now mm-hmm. I just. Let me ask you one thing. Have you seen the movie Promising Young Woman? No. You, I suggest everyone goes go see it because it does the perfect job of saying like, "Wow, that guy! No, not that guy. Why he was? I love that guy. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just so common, and they just they blend in. They make it so easy to like want to defend them. So that's why Mila Kunis and uh, Ashton were like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna write him a letter. I love that guy." And you know what? I I'm not. Mm- like upset at them for doing that you know what I mean like no yeah he was their friend and Mm -hmm. I mean that's just that was their 
that was what they experienced with him. You know what I they mean? Bonded, so, yeah, they bonded when they were really young. Yeah. together. And, it makes sense. But yeah, the fact I that they aren't backpedaling and being like, wait a minute. Yeah, we did. But now we're kind of thinking this yeah, is not great. They should at least say he is. He tricked us like everyone else. Like, I mean, that's just the easiest way to go about it is like to take that accountability and be like, you know, I really did fall for it. And that's on me. That's on me. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you can't, you don't know what goes on. I mean, hello, Bill Cosby. Are you joking? Yeah. Bill fucking Cosby with little Raven Simone on his lap. Mm. There's no way. There's no way. And then we just come it That really did tear everyone apart. Cause they were like, what? It, but people yeah, will protect. They but, will protect yeah. these people because they love them because he's my friend. He loves me. He's taking good care of me. I'm not going to, you know. But they should have known. I don't know. Maybe all of that shit. Oh, I liked how I saw a meme that, um, well, it was more like a, I don't know what to call it. But um, it was of Eric from Topher Grace from. Oh, yeah. And he was the only one that he's the only one from that 70s show that hasn't. That was never, um, like trying he, to have his back or yeah, like come out he never, it. yeah, he never did because they were kind of fucked up to him. Well, you never know. I mean, like I said, some people are good at reading people, so that's just whatever gut instinct. But you never know, like what he saw and like, or you know what he saw yeah. other people ignoring. Yeah, and it's the same thing with like iCarly and like Jeanette McCurdy and like the the weird foot guy that did all those Nickelodeon yep. shows. Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. just were like, this is fine. Come on. We're all in this together. Don't we're, we're not going to let anything happen to you. What yeah. are you talking about? Oh, it's just, it gets so clouded in that mob mentality of like, this is fine, but you know, inside like, okay, this feels not, weird. Yes. Yeah. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. Blah, blah, blah. So it's just a whole, I don't know. And, and yeah, the stuff that came out about him, people were really shocked. Because, I mean, they're like, okay, maybe he coerced some people. No, he fully drugged and was raping women. Like, nobody yeah. saw that coming, apparently. Yeah. And between 2001 and 2003, I mean, it, it was just like part. they were partying. It's like whatever. So they described the fallout they suffered after they accused him an untouchable member of the Church of Scientology. So he is also that. So there's yes. also that to take into account. Yeah, and they covered, or they like, uh, yeah, oh, they covered a lot of that shit up for a long time. I mean, they abuse people for a living, so they're going to mm-hmm. keep that under wraps. Um, it just goes to, I don't know, like that Scientology part of it, and then the Mila Kuni situation with, is it they're hiding in plain sight that they do not care that he did that and they want to have his back and they're hiding in plain sight using this thorn and like okay we'll protect the children of course but when it comes to women they're just like eh or is it like they are they're also shook and they're like oh my god i don't we don't know how to handle this now we're too in the spotlight over this whole situation yeah. that it almost looks like they did the same thing or something like mm-mm-mm. Um, I didn't choose to be born into Scientology, just as I didn't choose to be raped by Danny Masterson, one of the accusers identified at trial as Jane Doe number one, said in her statement. Um, like Masterson and the two other accusers, Jane Doe number one was once a member of the Church of Scientology, and the women have accused the controversial church of trying to silence them, an allegation a Scientology spokesperson has um, vehemently and repeatedly denied. 
After Masterson's sentencing, the church released a statement that said, in part, the church was not a party not a party to this case and religion did not belong in this proceeding as Supreme Court precedent has maintained for centuries. Masterson 47 was convicted in May of raping Jane Doe 1 and another woman identified as Jane Doe 2, but the jury could not reach a decision on the third accuser who was identified as Jane Doe 3 and is a former girlfriend of Masterson's. Nevertheless, all three women were allowed to submit sentencing statements to the court Thursday before Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Charlene Almedo sentenced Masterson. This is some of what they said. Oh, God. Jane Doe number one told the court that her mother, who remains a Scientologist, has shunned her since she told police 20 years ago that Masterson raped her. She said that she broke the church's code by speaking out against an untouchable like Masterson. Ever since Jane Doe number one said she acknowledges Mother's Day by rereading an old letter she got from her mom. She loved me then, I think. She seemed to care what happened to her daughter. The Masterson accuser described how she was not able to find her underwear after the rape and how she smelled of vomit. She said that after reporting the sexual assault, she lost pretty much everything, including many of the people who were once her friends. She said at age 29, she had to start all over. And the ugly truth is I didn't want to live. She said, I remember crying myself to sleep and wishing I could not wake up. Now a married mother of three daughters, she told the court that Masterson arranged for the son of one of his friends to tell one of her girls that her mother was a liar and that Masterson never raped her. Mommy, what is rape? The girl later asked her, she said, oh my God. See, it's Mm -mm. not like, it's not like these guys are like, I made a mistake. It's like, oh my God, they don't give a fuck. Nope, they don't. And I bet you the church just made him feel like he was invincible. Especially when there's no consequences. Like, exactly. Just nothing. Not even, come on, man, you know, take it easy on the raping. Like, not even that. Like, uh, I can't. It's just, it's disgusting. So just like with, I mean, we're never going to forget Brock Turner's name. And that oh, rips me to shreds. Crazy. That rips me to shreds because we don't know her name, like her name, and she lost everything. And then with this situation, she's Jane Doe number one to us. We don't know her. Yeah. And she's telling, you know, what he did and everyone knows him. So it's just so gut-wrenching that she lost everything. And even now, he still has people that are like in his corner. It's just mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. Um Masterson has not shown an ounce of remorse for the pain he caused, she said, and urged the judge to give him a lengthy sentence for the safety of all women. She included. She concluded by telling the court there was more she could say about what Masterson did to her, but she didn't want to rip my soul completely open. Oh my God. Jane Doe, number two, directed part of her statement directly at Masterson, telling him that the day he was convicted, something inside her shifted for the better. But healing is not some linear, simple thing, she said. The lasting effects of rape are pre- pernicious and they hack silently away at the daily efforts one tries to make toward a life with meaning. She called the Church of Scientology Masterson's enabler and protector and said she had been a brainwashed member for seven years at the time of the assault. At first, she said she stayed quiet, but in the wake of the Me Too movement, she said, I could not sit with the secret and tough it out knowing you'd strike again, knowing the danger women were in and that many others needed justice too. In my heart, I had no choice but to come forward, she said. And because of already having been threatened with Scientology's strict policies against reporting members to law enforcement and deliberately being shown their extensive policies in exacting ruinous punishment on defectors who speak out against its prized members, I decided to report my rape to law enforcement anyway, with the full understanding that my life could be demolished again in a new way for doing so. 
Since then, she said, I have been terrorized, harassed, but I don't regret it. She said, you disfigured my life. You stole some crucial parts of my self-worth and lessened my capacity for joy and made every part of me turn on myself. And actor Jane Doe, number two, said her career nosedived within a couple months after the rape. Your heinous attack on me snuck its way through my body and my my experiences so stealthily hijacking the life I was building diligently for myself, she said. Still, she said, it is worth noting since I know you take pride in hurting women that you never took my integrity. In closing, Jane Doe too said she forgave Masterson, but added your sickness is no longer my burden to bear. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That what, that line is <sighs> yeah. perfect. Powerful. Or not even a line, that statement like that yeah. is extremely powerful. I love mm-hmm. that. Good for her. Jane Doe 3 told the court that she regularly wrestled with this question, how can I tell anyone that I had gotten myself in a situation where I was regularly mentally and emotionally abused and raped repeatedly? Masterson was both charming and controlling, and when she began her relationship with the actor, she was an 18-year-old girl with very little life experience. He'd hurt me. He'd ignore me. I'd grovel at his feet, apologizing to him for what he did to hurt me. Then he'd show me kindness, she said. As a result, Jane Doe number three said she spent most of her life viewing my body as a crime scene. When, you, when you're when you raped, it's not your surface that's been most defiled, she said. It damages you on a cellular level. Jane Doe three said that she had been married for 14 years but can't bear to sleep beside her husband because of what happened. I regularly wake up with deep bruises and scratches on my hands and arms, she said. In 2017, I punched a hole in the wall behind my bed during my sleep i'm always fighting monsters oh my gosh she is traumatized poor Mm. that poor woman that is awful so that's how the article closes out for nbc news um which it's like three women had to come forward not just one not just the first time and um i'm just happy that they can have some some kind of peace of mind that he's going away getting some kind of he's already old like it's been some time but at least he's getting what he deserves a little yeah, bit yeah i mean a little uh, bit a what's little his name bit. uh cosby was also old as fuck too yeah but that is i'm just glad that it finally we got to know the truth like that's the real person and that's what's wild is like remember when marilyn manson that stuff came out about mm-hmm. him too and people were some people were like, oh my God, no. And some people were like, yeah, look at him. He looks like how he looks and he has problems. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. they can be Daniel Mas- Danny Masterson. They can be, you know, Marilyn Manson. And it doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter what the fuck they look like. Like they causing damage. Yeah. Like let's let's leave them a, a second, you know, Le- let's let them, you know, be in conversation. But the women that had to suffer at the hands of these like artists and mm-hmm. famous people's like, oh my gosh, we just forget all about them. We're just like, oh well, he's canceled. He's no longer gonna be my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean I do feel for people who because I I don't know. I, um What's one? Let me think. I can't think of anyone that yet. I say yet because you never know. We don't know these people. That's the, yeah. the other thing. Too, is I'm not like you said. It's not good to defend right off the bat because it's like okay, but we do. We really know, like yeah, for sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. It's so scary out there. It really is. And we love to be entertained, so um, it just gets complicated sometimes it really does knowing what uh like the whole family channels on youtube i mean it's enjoyable let's let's get ready for school they have a family of three kids i like watching that shit i mean some from time to time really 
Yeah, they're restocking the fridge on a Sunday. That's great. Like, oh, okay, good I do food. like watching the restocks. Just yeah, I just, just stuff like, like noise. that. I know, right? Hunter's like that noise, and I'm like, he he doesn't like it, but I do. Um, I like this, and I love that shit. The the cup, the husband and wife, they're joking around. He smacks her butt. Like, okay, cute, whatever. But do I know them? No. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, we do not know these people, these celebrities. They act like they let us in. They're transparent. They yeah, have they organizations are. for this. They have organizations mm-hmm. for that. And then there's me that still watches the Kardashians and is like, I know that Kris Jenner's funneling money through a church in L.A., but I still watch Is she watch really? Her. So she's got to be because they have a church. They have some scandals. I'm telling you, these younger YouTubers, they are digging through the dirt for this uh, kind of shit. And yeah. I am living I am a living, I'm eating it up. I'm learning. I'm sharing um, because they, because they deserve it. I mean, they're rich, whatever. We can expose them for things. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed <laughs> that a lot you. of these <laughs> kids are exposing everybody. They're like, um, not an excuse to be an asshole or, you know, mm-hmm. they are putting people in check, which I love. We have to hold people accountable. And I can't wait for the day we do that with politics. Hopefully oh my God! Yes. Very soon, people will be like, "I that senator and that guy, he is a pedophile," and we're gonna find out before he even runs for office, and they're gonna know what he did, when he did it, before mm-hmm. he even gets any but ballots. Sometimes that doesn't even matter because that's I'm sure there's been instances where that's already happened, and he just bailed him out and put him back on the ballot. Yeah, like he just runs again, like four years from now or whatever i mean what was the um isn't that what happened with the duggers biden oh yeah that too oh maybe so uh maybe so i don't remember but um yeah then there's the duggers and he's like yeah my son's a pedophile i'm still gonna run yeah that's stupid i'm still running Mm-mm. it's wild oh yeah and then the subway guy nobody knew he was oh, a yeah. sick freak I yeah, can't. That, oh my God. Wasn't ill. Like, and there was a woman who had to get information out of him and she had to yes, sit there and ask and him listen, questions. Yes. And she and had to talk to about her own kids. Oh my yep. God. Yeah. He, oh my, I do remember that. That's so disturbing. I think they just put another thing about that on HBO and I watched it. So yeah. fucked up. Yeah. That made my stomach turn listening to her. Dude, wasn't the same thing. Like the subway situation happened at around the same time as the Ashley Madison thing, no? Or was that? No, different? I think I feel like it later. happened before. Yeah, the Ashley Madison was a few years after. I wish that would have stuck around so we could have gotten more dirt on more people. What's his fuck was in it? What's his fuck? What's his name? Um, Tucker? Yeah. Yeah. It came full circle. God. So weird. Oh my God. Ah, the 2000s. Mm. It's going to be quite the study. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite the, the time period. There's going to be a VH1 special. Is I was VH1 about to ask you. Film? I was literally about to ask you that. I don't know. I think it is on like free on like freebie and like 2B and stuff. I think it is. I don't know. Cable too. And I like haven't used cable in. I think it does have satellite. They have it on satellite too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still around VH1 and MTV. MTV. But that's just wild. I used to watch those. Um, I love the 80s and shit. I did too. I used to love them. Yep, one hit wonders. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's gonna be interesting for the 2000s. Um, 
it's just too much is happening now. Like it's like time feels like stretched and more stuff is like crowded in between. I don't know. I'm crazy. Anyways, that was this episode. And um, I just couldn't believe it whenever I read that the Family Feud contestant who answered something about marriage ended up murdering his wife, the mother of his three sons. Very disturbing, really makes you wonder what people on TV are really like. And they're, you know, just contestants on a passing show, not even like stars that we see around. Yeah. So I'm well, glad that we got to talk It's like that us. serial killer that was on the dating I wanted show. to talk about him too. He's weird. Yeah. He's actually like, he was violent. Rodney um, yes or whatever. yes mm-hmm. Rodney that's his name mm-hmm. and that guy I mean he was handsome so like the was lady it? on the show was gonna pick him I'm pretty sure she was no, like no I thought I'm she said he was really creepy oh you're right she didn't want yeah. to go on a date with him like she was like Fuck. But they were like he's the clear winner yeah no he's not um yeah that guy was scary so you just never know they just look like anybody else and mm-hmm. um that goes to that goes with my movie recommendation to y'all is Promising Omen. It's just so I can't even. I'm not going to spoil it. But anyways, I've seen it more than once. Um, I what was I going to say? Okay, so getting ready for spooky season, uh, we will be covering darker topics. So get ready for that, and don't forget to submit any scary stories or experiences that you've had or your family member has had. Send them our way to our dm on instagram g-i-m-m-e the creeps find us on twitter find our group on facebook and uh don't forget to tell your family and friends to come listen to our podcast we really appreciate all the support thank you guys and we'll catch you next week wait shout out to all of our new listeners i know there are several that have uh personally told me that they're listening now so thank you guys like really thank you for keeping us um still doing this like years later (laughs) yes you guys keep it fun this is why we do it yes we do it for you so it's fun we're having a good time so thank y'all for all your support and all of your patience but we will be consistently um posting promise pinky promise yeah we're gonna get our (laughs) shit together one day (laughs) (laughs) well thanks guys we'll catch you next week So, did we give you the creeps?